Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. In this episode, we had a conversation with spiritual teacher Indra Rinsler. Indra uses Enneagram of Personality and Vedic Astrology to help people know themselves so they can take their journey to the next level. Come on in and join the conversation. Hi, Sydney Decker. Hi, Melissa McHugh. How are you? It doesn't. Is this who I'm talking to? Am I talking to <laughs> Melissa today? I know. No one's gonna know. It's it's the froggy Melissa. Yeah, I've been having some two days. I've been really dealing with some sickness, some illness, some disease in my body, and um, and I was uh, telling Sydney earlier that I kind of, you know, we like to use everything that happens to us now. So nothing's happening to us. It's happening for us, of course. So I went through this whole two-day session of pain, um, agony, and despair. <laughs> so I think I can tell you is what it, what it was, is looking at, you know, different things and trying to allow this pain that's, you know, that I've had, some of the pains that I've had for many years. And I thought it was very interesting that during this, I think it was a flu. I'd have no idea what it was, um, that I moved through all of these different aspects of <clears throat> myself, it felt like. Like I was allowing myself to feel this pain and not running from it. And then I could see like different like parts of the pain that that were coming in from like this old stuff, old stuff that I've been holding on to and not all at the same time, but all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, remember that shoulder and oh, my lower back right now. And oh, all of these different things kept coming in. And I would just sit there and I'd witness all of this and just kind of let it move through me. And I'm like, some of this needs to pass through is just what I kept hearing. And, and then also I was seeing it at certain parts of the day, like different parts of what seemed like past lives. And that's the only thing I could think of because I've been listening to these channelings and different things about how we are needing to see like our Akashic records and all these different things, the Akash, you know, storage of everything that's ever happened to us in all lifetimes. And that we need to, you know, witness some of this stuff so that we can drop all of this to be able to move into this new energy that we're going, you know, moving into now. And so I just kind of sat there, laid there, and allowed all of this. Sometimes I couldn't. It was so painful that I would just have to try to run away, try to bring myself back. I'd listen to a meditation from Joe, Joe Dispenza and try to train my brain into being able to allow, you know, just a lot of different things. And I just thought that it was quite interesting um, what, you know, you can get from one illness, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And like you said, it's just allowing it to move through and paying attention to the parts of ourselves that have been long and forgotten. That's just asking to be paid attention to and sitting with it and allowing it like you've been. It's pretty brief. No, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's one reason why I'm today. Oh, hopefully I won't go off into fits of coughing or anything but if I do I'll try to meet myself so you don't have to deal with that either <laughs> and today is very um exciting for us because we have a um a wonderful guest who I'm so excited to um find out he's his name 
is Indra Rinsler. Is that how we say that? Indra Rinsler. Yes, beautiful. Awesome. And for 50 years, Indra has been involved in spirituality and Vedic astrology. Vedic, Vedic, you know, me with my words. That's hard. Yeah, you do. He has been studying and sharing Enneagram of Personality since 1999. And he can, uh, if I'm saying these things wrong, he can come in and, and, and tell us. That's what it is. He uses these modalities and life readings designed to help clients wake up to who they really are. Indra is an enthusiastic, generally interesting man who has been a world traveler for over 20 years, offering sessions and classes in the United States and Asia. His stories and experiences will delight all of us, I do believe. So, hello, Indra Rinsler. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right. Melissa, Melissa. (laughs) we are very happy to have you and i'm excited because before we dive into anything like super deep i wanted to ask well i could actually this is probably super deep um i wanted to ask you how you started your spiritual journey because it's been since the 90s which that is people that i guess spirituality wasn't as big and i'm using quotes now um it started to become more of a thing that people are getting into and using the word spirituality in different ways and stuff but i wanted to see how you started because that's huge so uh yeah in the early 70s is when i first found it or started studying it and um I went into, we had a bookstore in Berkeley, California, that uh, Shambhala, that everybody we could go to and we could see all these books from all over the world of all these different paths. And it was a revelation at the time. And uh, we didn't know that there was seeking. We didn't know there was a path, but we uh, started reading these books and our eyes were opened. We had questions, how to be happy, how to find myself. What is this life about? And they were new questions, but they were, uh, well, they probably weren't that new, um, (laughs) actually, but uh, they were probably very old questions, but we had new solutions. And uh, it was the beginning of natural food stores, which I think have kind of gone away because it's become mainstream. And maybe you have an organic store now, but it was natural food stores and new ways, new ways of being that were uh, blowing our minds because uh, we didn't really know anything about it before. There were people, of course, who had been on the path for a long time. I always go back to uh, Madame Blavatsky traveling India in the 1840s and 50s and and bringing astrology back to the West. Uh, And the Theosophical Society starting in 1875 and, and realizing when I talk to people young, podcasters and they say wow these last years it's really it's alive now and i say well you know it's kind of been alive for a while you know it's not really that new i mean it's kind of new that people come into it when they come into it but um it is searching has been going on a long time a long long time i mean really man and and woman uh, have wanted answers to their deepest questions forever mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've all 
you know, had different jump on points, you know, just depending. Um, I know I followed the Grateful Dead for a long time. So, and, you know, I find it interesting that you um, talked about books and how that started off a lot of people's journeys, because that's exactly where it started for me too. I would um, find these certain books. I'd be at a dead show. Somebody would have, you know, the how do you, how do you say that? Gita. The Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> Bhagavad Gita. That one, yes. <laughs> and I would read that. And I would read, you know, just all different kinds of books from, you know, all different types of people. And that's just where it started for me as well. You know, I was I was thinking, I think it was, I don't know whether it was yesterday or the day before, but I was thinking about the Stuart Brand Whole Earth Catalog. And this was a revolutionary book that came out in like 1971 or 1972. And for, for young people out there, I mean, your mind can get blown. But the idea was it was a list of resources, like how to buy shovels and how to buy uh, back to the earth materials. And it's like, well, you know, why do you need a book of that? Why did you just go to the internet? Well, we didn't have the internet. And it was like, was revolutionary to put it into this book form. It was a catalog kind of based off the, this, the old Sears catalog, Sears and Robux catalogs. That's were kind of a way to buy at the time. I mean, that was what we did. And it was like a book of all these new resources that we didn't even know we didn't know the resources and we didn't even know the categories. He was kind of making up the categories at the time, 1971, 1972. And it, and it lasted for, I don't know, maybe 20 years until when the internet came and, and everything had, a, had exploded and changed so much that it wasn't, it wasn't as useful. It became, uh, uh, archaic in its own way but at the time it was a revolution to have a listing of all these resources that you could uh, you could uh, find and buy in order to use in your in your new lifestyle of living on the land or, or 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 dropping out of corporate was like a kind of a new idea at the time you know I never never occurred to me to drop in but uh, <laughs> but I did drop out of uh uh mba program i was in the number two mba program in the country and i i realized i said at the time to myself that it wasn't that i didn't want to do business it's just that i didn't want to do corporate business that i didn't have any attraction to that and um and so uh I don't want to make up the whole well that we had to walk six miles to school. It was really hard <laughs> back then, but uh, I mean the thing was is that uh, it was so exciting the '60s and the late the late '60s and uh, uh, it was all new and 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 the newness is it's always kind of fun a new relationship a new a new book uh, a, a new movie a new song you know i mean it's all always new is always good but it it doesn't it doesn't really make it any better the thing is is that that this the spiritual path here's where we go deep now sydney is that the spiritual path is ever new you know it's like mm -hmm. is like that each moment is new even if you've had you know a hundred thousand moments or or uh, 10 billion moments, the thing is, is that, 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 that the path is that each moment is new. And so it doesn't really, um, the, the being innocent and open and vulnerable and uh, is, you want that in each, in each moment. You want to be that in each moment. 
Yeah, I love that explanation. So one thing that really I'm curious about learning is, so I do Ayurveda and I've always been drawn to, I'm an Ayurveda health counselor, practitioner. I do Ayurvedic body work and I'm very drawn to Vedic astrology. I haven't studied it deeply myself or anything. I know that it is slightly different than Western astrology because they they see the calendar slightly different than the Western and everything. So I wanted to get your input and your um, understanding of Vedic astrology. Okay. Um, well, the biggest difference, I mean, I like to say is that the Western astrologers don't agree with the Western and the Vedic don't agree with the Vedic. So if the Vedic and the Western don't agree, that's just part of astrology. So I don't worry about that. <laughs> But the main difference is, is that, I mean, the, the, the houses are the same, uh, the, the signs are the same. Uh, in Vedic, we don't use the outer planets, though some do. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of a difference. But the big difference, as you say, is that the chart is cast slightly differently. And it's 24 degrees difference right now. It's based on, uh, Vedic is based on sidereal time, star time, based on where the planets actually are. And uh, the, the Western is based on the seasons. March 21st being uh, coming up now is the first day of spring. And so it it fixes the, the, the Western has a relationship between the earth and the sun. And in Vedic, we, we have the earth and the sun and then the stars behind. So I think I like to say that it has a little bit of a deeper view. I like to think of it as a different it's a different vibration. It's like like. Uh, like, uh, you know, um, fast foods has a burger and, uh, you know, you can buy the, the, the beef from, from Japan and make a super burger and like they're both burgers, but they're really kind of different. You know, you make a, mm -hmm. a four-star gourmet meal and, and you're quick, at home, you know, crockpot, they're both meals, but they're very different. And so it's a different vibration. It's not, is it better? You know, I think it's better, you know, I don't like to get into good or good or bad or, or you know, stronger or uh, 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 positive or negative. But the idea is, is that uh, for, for me, I want to focus on helping people to wake up to who they are. I'm not interested in the better life, the better relationship, the better TV, the, the better job. Those will come. Uh, when you when you're living your truth, you know when you're living in truth, and those will will come. They can't stay away. And so, what I'm trying to do with my astrology work is to help people to wake up to who they really are. And I find that the Vedic chart for that uh, is is attuned to a higher vibration to get really clear on exactly what's going on and what people are dealing with. I love that. So. Can you speak about anything? Because I've noticed this just recently, how Saturn, do you pay attention to like the Saturn, how it switched into Pisces the last several days? Or is that not part of that? Yeah, it didn't switch for us. Oh, okay, that's, that's what okay. I was wondering. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, it didn't switch. It's, it's 24 degrees back. So it's, uh, it would probably be at six degrees of whatever they think it's it left. It's actually at six degrees. And so it's, uh, you know, when all the Western astrologers say, hold on, it's full moon in Leo, you know, we look up at the sky. If we were to look up at the sky, we would see the moon in Cancer and not even close to Leo. And so, and so, you know, 
in the spiritual world, you get used to looking at things differently from the mundane, from the normal, from the mundane. You're already looking at things you use differently. You're looking at a different vibration. You're feeling a different energies. Your, your, your grading system, your scorecard, your scoreboard is completely different. You're not interested in the most money. You're not interested in the prettiest outfits. You're not interested in uh, you know, you're not interested even in the best guru because the best guru is already um, that the fact it's the best is is already limiting because it, because you're 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 judging and you're comparing and so that's not that's not it either. But the idea is here is that we're that um, so so people yeah people are all hepped up because Saturn has changed sign, uh, but. Um, yeah, you know, I just sort of was thinking and you just sort of shake your head, you know, it's like it's like uh, you're, you know, you're not spiritual friends and you look at that and you wonder, you know, they'll get it at some point, you know, I mean, you start with, you know, too, you know, too bad about them, you know, they'll never get it, you know, poor them. And then you kind of you let that go because that doesn't serve but that doesn't serve you you know that attitude and then you just realize that they're just they're in a different frequency they're in a different vibration and and they're 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 on a different level it's neither good nor bad it's just it's just different and so people people are people are always affected by things that seem in, inconsequential on the spiritual path mm -hmm. right so does the planets ever change or just hasn't changed yet or is it going to change for vedic astrology i'm just curious like well you know it's how 24 degrees backwards so so um it's uh, 72 uh uh 72 years is one degree in the in the uh based on that system but the 24 degrees means that it's it's a saturn cycle uh, saturn is a, what a 30 year cycle 28 year cycle 30 year cycle so it's about two and a half is that two and a half years in a sign and so 24 degrees is about two in about two years we'll go into pisces um sidereally okay gotcha so that's like an interesting Thing, well, it made me think of something is one thing that's been coming to me a lot, like you were saying about people at different vibrations and stuff, is like we really are making our own reality. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening outside of us, like we're connected and stuff, but where where I'm at and what I'm seeing and believing is going to make my reality based on the beliefs that I'm holding about the energy that I'm in. Like you said, there's some people that are more on a spiritual path, some people that are maybe not seeing at a spiritual way. So they're having their own experiences. So like, we're almost all like our own little universes. How do you feel about that? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a level. And I think there's another level is, is that I'm not making my reality at all. That I don't even exist. That I'm, you know, that 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 the idea of me separate, that that I'm in control of anything. That that's a total joke. That that it's just it's that the reality is happening around me, and that things are happening through me. That they're not. That they're not coming from me. Uh, uh, they're coming, like you say, like uh, Melissa said, they're coming for me, not to me. So, 
So there, there, there's a place further on where we let go of the, the whole idea of I and the whole idea that I'm doing and the whole idea that, that it's for me and the whole idea that, it's, that, it's, uh, that I'm in control of anything. And how does that feel like how you move throughout your day? Well, uh, how does it feel moving through the day? You know, it feels the, the the thing. I don't know about the day. I can get to that in a minute. But I think what it feels is is that it it, it like the feeling is is that at first you might think, well, it's disempowering, and yet and yet I think that it's it's more empowering. And and the idea that there's impermanence, I find to be really. Uh, uh, so wonderful because I'm not in control of anything. So I don't have to, I don't have to take the responsibility. I don't have to solve the world's problems. I don't have to feel the world's problems. I don't have to uh, take it on as that I caused it or that I, I did wrong and I've hurt people. And I mean, I can't do any of that. You can't hurt people. You can't change people. And so impermanence is that everything changes. And so I just go with the flow. And so the day to the day, the day to day is just moment to moment is, is not having any opinions is not having any needs is not having uh that i've done or not done or that i should or that i shouldn't it drops all the shoulds it drops all the coulds it drops all the need tos it drops all the wants it drops all the desires and it's just uh it's just it's freedom and the, the freedom the freedom is is that i'm i'm just being and i don't have to do anything yes yes i do but I don't have to. And there's a tremendous, I feel a tremendous release in that. I feel a less, a less weight on my shoulders because I'm not responsible for, uh, if it's a crappy world, I don't have to be responsible for it. I'm in it. And, uh, and that's okay because I'm here to learn. And that's how we learn is by, I mean, we all know the, you know, the memes about, uh, you know, that with challenges comes growth. And so then when we get the challenges and then we say, oh, no, here's the challenges. Well, you want to you want to grow. You come to the world. And so why do I need I don't need to take it down. I don't need to make it small. I don't need to make it wrong. I don't need to do anything. And so the day the days just flow from moment to moment without uh, any need for things to be different than they are. I love that answer. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a way to go through the day. I think most of us would like to be able to do that. And shut down a lot of the mental blah, blah that keeps us from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it didn't happen the first day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that, that both of you have, uh, you know, you have the, the, uh, ability, the opportunity to uh, to um, to to uh, to grow from everybody else's accomplishments, to grow from from the books that have been written and the experiences that have been had, and from the and from the the, the mind thoughts that you can't possibly keep to yourself, even if you don't say anything and you don't write anything, and nobody knows. It's still, you know, it's the sound of one hand clapping. Still, everybody <laughs> hears it, you know. So, 
so there are no secrets you know there is nothing that's not known you know it's only that that you block it from hearing it the truths are there the truth you're already realized it's only a question of percentage yeah that's the way i look at it it's just we have to increase our percentage we already realized we have moments of clarity we have moments of freedom we have moments of of peace we have moments of of joy and it's just a question of stringing them together it's not a question of that i that i haven't achieved it or they can't achieve it or it's not there or it's not available it's all it's already there waiting for you uh, one of my sayings is that the solutions are waiting for the problems <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. That's awesome. Go ahead. Didn't we want to ask about the Enneagram? Well, we don't. Yes, we do. Um, Very interested in the Enneagram of personality and how it can help people in their personal growth. What is that all about? So it's Enneagram. It's slightly different. Enneagram. Enneagram. It's, it's a Greek term that means nine-sided figure. It's a it's a teaching that was given to us by Gurdjieff, who's who's one of those old guys that did a lot of work for all of us. That that the you know the younger generation doesn't really know so much about. And he was a teacher started in Russia in 1916. We have no idea where or when he was born. Uh, assuredly, we have no idea where he learned anything that he taught us. He wouldn't tell us. And uh, so the Enneagram of personality has has nine personality types, that there are nine personality types and that uh, and rather than being limiting, it's actually incredibly freeing because once we understand what our personality type is, then we we can understand our whole story and that's when we can release it. And so it's a it's an incredible psychological tool that will help us to have better relationships and more compassion for other people. And it's uh, even better as a spiritual tool because it has no bias and it wants us to, um, to, to, uh, it gives us the opportunity to, to, to be, to learn, to be in the moment because, because psychology doesn't have an, any end story. It's, it's, it just observes behavior. Um, but in uh, in spirituality, the end story is to uh, is to be in the moment, and so by understanding the core triggers of our story, of our personality stories, it helps us to be free of them, and then and then more able to to uh, to be to live in in this momentary energy that we were talking about before. Yeah, that's really cool. So now what would that entail? So someone would come to you and you would sit them down and just kind of, how do you figure out somebody's personality type? Well, they, they, you know, there are a number of different ways. There are some simple tests that in five minutes that people can, can take some answers, some questions and, and tell us people are radiating from their stories, um, all the time. Uh, you know, the, the core is, uh, there, there are three triads of the nine types. There's a lot of triads in Enneagram. There's, there's anger. Uh, people come from anger. They, they said at 9-11, the angry types uh, got angry. The fear types got afraid. And the image types uh, thought that they had caused it. 
And mm. so and so we radiate from fear, we radiate from anger, and then we radiate from uh, from image or or shame or emotion. <laughs> it's it's centered in the emotional body, and then each one has an outward, an inward, and a neutral type. Hmm. And, and what so, if you didn't do any of those things? What if you like walk towards it instead of being afraid of it or any of those things? Like well, what that if would be like, the that would be the outward type. That would be the 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 outward type. The anger, outward anger is the boss. Uh, the outward fear is the enthusiast, and the outward image is the helper. Interesting. What one are you? I'm the enthusiast. Okay. Seven out. Seven. The outward and uh, and uh, so the the question is how to type is there are people who have difficulty finding themselves. They are set up astrologically. They have difficulty in knowing who they are. They merge with other people. And uh, but but for most people, sixty percent, seventy percent of the people, they take a simple test and it becomes fairly uh, clear. Uh, and uh, fairly quickly as to what the core story is. And um, there can be some difficulties because you can uh, you can be um, you can be running your parents' stories, particularly when you're young and you have a certain personality where you're not so grounded in yourself. You can run your parents' story for a while. So your type is your parents, but then you realize as you as you get older and you realize you go deeper with this work or any work that um that who you are and what's what are your core, uh, you know, if you're dating and you're in your 20s, then you kind of, uh, you put out an image of who you want to be. And then in your 30s, you find that doesn't work. So then you start becoming who you are. And in the 40s, you're not interested in any of it. So, so you know, it's a progression that we all naturally go through. Yeah, I would actually say that I'm at that place because I'm about to move out of my 20s and into my 30s don't tell anyone as everyone's listening to this um <laughs> but <laughs> i am actually realizing that for most of the 20s probably up until 25 um i was really trying to fit in to the world and creating an image about what that looks like based on my family my parents uh, my generation what's the cool thing to do what's not the cool thing and then it was a little different for me because my dad died. So I was really trying to, I was in a searching too. That's when my spirituality got a little deeper. Um, but after 25, I felt my brain develop. Like I literally could feel this new thing. And after 25, I started to be like, huh. I mean, I still tried to fit in in a little certain ways, but I could tell that I was moving farther away from fitting in or wanting to fit in and wanting, I could feel these like internal walls that I kept coming through and having to like break down because I was in these boxes and these like little rooms almost. And now yesterday I took a big step out to be who I really am um, because that's who I'm starting to feel like I don't care what people think of me now or there's still that part that does, you know, but in a bigger way, I'm starting to not care what people think and I, I don't need external validation as much and I'm not looking to look like anyone other than me and how I feel about myself so that's an interesting thing bringing that up and I wonder how that's been for you Melissa have you did you notice those changes too because that's like an interesting thing because I'm actually feeling that right now as I'm moving into my next decade oh yeah when you 
because I'm in my 50s now. So when you look back, you can see that progression. You can see where, you know, 20s, oh, you know, I was so into how do I look? Who likes me? What am I supposed to be? All the things. And then you get into your 30s and you start every once in a while, I think, hmm, took me a little bit longer than some people though, because I, I hit it a lot because I, I felt so much different with drugs and alcohol and all that. But then when I got into my 40s, I really started to amp it up and just be like, oh, wait a minute. I don't care at all about any of this stuff. And I'm coming into my own. And then I'm now in my 50s, I'm just like, none of that matters to me at all. It's all about me and my progression and my, um, you know, my awakening. So what is your favorite? Oh, go ahead. You were going to say something. I was going to say that I like to say that 25 is the perfect age because because the 21s don't have enough experience that that when when you work with them, that they they have a lot of optimism and they have a lot of enthusiasm, but they don't really have the experience to be able to understand some of the things that you say to them. But at 20 at, at 28, you've got a little rigidity at 25. You don't have that rigidity. And, and so at 25, you have the experience, but you don't have the rigidity that makes it at 28, it's already a little bit harder to change. At, at 25, you're not really, you're not, you're not, because you're not so into, like you say, your brain develops. And I, you know, there's always, I find out reasons afterwards for things that I've already realized, you know, and so, and so there's planetary periods too that, that, that line up with some of this stuff. 25 is, uh, is perhaps two Jupiter, uh, 12 year cycles, but, but the point at a 25, you still have a flexibility. And so that if I say to you that you need to do that, if you let go of being this way or that way, you say, oh, okay. But at 28, you're going to say, you know, I'm a little vested in that already. And so it's a little harder for me to change. And then at 32, it's even a little bit harder. And 35, it's... I consider to be the height of arrogance. What is it, arrogance 35? Being 35, the height of arrogance is uh, the arrogance being that I know better. Yeah, I'm just going to say this just because I'm on a journey and it's just interesting. And talking to you from a male perspective, um, I've started, if I start talking to someone like dating, right, what, dating wise, and they're like, like 32, I will start, you're not changing. You know what I'm saying? Like you're maybe a little bit, you're going to seek things and you're going to grow in certain ways, but mostly unless you're really willing to go and get work done on your, and do a lot of inner work, your emotional, mental patterning, you're not going to change much. So I actually started to look at that when it comes to dating and it's a lifesaver because before when I was in my early twenties, I was like, they're going to change. I can do this. I can help them. I can save them. I can do this or I can change for them or whatever. Now, when I meet someone, I'm like, how old are you? What work <laughs> are you doing on yourself? And if they're already kind of in their thirties, I'm like, I don't think I have the time because I, I just don't think I can do this. You, I would suggest you skip the 32 to, and go to 38. It's like a board <laughs> game, you know, you, you, you pick up the card, go, go from square from, from dating the 32s and go to the 38s because at that point they will be over their arrogance and they will be realizing that it isn't working so well and they'll be a little oh. bit more open to change. Okay. So they, there is another change point. Well, obviously. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even like, 30 yet. So. Yeah. So, well, the 50s, you know, in the 50s, I like to say is that you're very happy to be rocking on the back porch because and breathing, <laughs> you know, <Exactly>. it's enough. <laughs> right? 
oh yeah <laughs> most days that's it I'm like i woke yeah. up thank you <laughs> yeah that's it yeah so yeah at 50 you're very happy to be sitting on the back porch and just rocking and just yeah. having a good time because because you don't you're not needing to achieve you're not needing to the ego achievements uh, they yeah. they they're not they're not as um well they're not as necessary one and also they're um they haven't worked right exactly that's the whole Not point only, yeah that they you just look worked, and you're like and it's um all, it's all fool's gold no <laughs> yeah exactly that's a good point hey this is melissa and this is sydney from the goddess and the medicine woman podcast we would like to invite you to join our inner circle this is where we have created a community of listeners and like-minded people who want to dive deeper into their healing journey. When you join, you receive access to group energy healings, meditations, mini-series, live streams, a behind-the-scenes look and visual access to our guest speakers. And you can even apply to be a guest listener and have your own one-on-one -on -one healing conversation with us. Head on over to Patreon to gain immediate access. We have included a link in the show notes. See you there. So what is your um, favorite part about working with people on the Enneagrams? I'm sorry, I'm not good with words. Enneagram. Uh, Enneagrams. Favorite part? Yeah, like how does it I help don't... them? Like what's your favorite? Like why, I guess, why do you work with the modalities that you work with? Well, the, I think that's a little bit of a different question. I think the reason that I work with mine is because of my own personal uh my own personality my own nature i was mathematical as a child and i also was interested in psychology and interested in helping people i, I grew up in new york uh manhattan where there was the the highest percentage of psychiatrists anywhere it was the in the 50s it was the place to be by the way i'm in my 70s so you know we we got us we got generations we got generation gaps here and <laughs> and uh so um you know so so there there is a mathematics there is a geometry to the enneagram there's a geometry a sacred geometry to um to astrology and so they interested me from my analytical side that wanted depth and and so enneagram and astrology to me are sister modalities and and the reason that i like to share with that from them is because they they give us a scientific basis of what's going on and then from there the intuition can can take over to, in order to help the people favorite part of enneagram favorite isn't one of my favorite terms but favorite part uh is would be just to just to share the teaching to share their their story in order to and i wanted to offer if you're interested i can go through the quickly through the relatively quickly through the nine stories and you can kind of see and and uh you know and if you wanted to get your types we could do that and i also offer to people the test um at the end or i can mention it now is that i do offer to people if they want their vedic astrology chart i can send that to them for free and if they want the enneagram test i can send that to people for free they just have to email me uh i need for astrology of course i need uh, birth time date and place so that's a free okay. offer i do to all the listeners awesome oh. yeah they'll probably love that yeah but if you're that. interested i could give you the nine stories and then you could see my favorite part is 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 
probably is just opening them uh, up to this experience and letting them explore it for themselves. Because for me, it was uh, life changing um, to understand. I oh, I was I was married uh, at the time, and we loved each other and lived together for twenty five years, but we never understood each other. But as soon as we got the Enneagram, then we understood each other. We understood that we didn't understand. E we understood where we didn't understand each other. And uh, uh, she's a two, uh, a helper and uh, image oriented. And and I'm a seven who who has not, you know, doesn't live from the emotional body. And so and so while twos and sevens get along very well, it isn't because they understand each other. It's just that they have, um, they're both uh, positive outlook groups. So they, they have a, a life uh, compatibility, even if they don't understand each other. Okay. Yeah. I'd be interested in hearing about them. So the, so the one is the, uh, well, let's start at eight. Eight is the outward anger and, and they're, they're, they've, they've got names. And they've also got numbers and there's no hierarchy with the, the numbers, but we use the numbers because everybody, of course, people don't agree on the names, but the eight would be the outward anger and they have the strongest personality, Jack Nicholson, uh, that they, <laughs> that they have all offense and no defense that they're, they're covering up the teddy bear in their heart. And they, uh, and then the nine is the, is the anger neutral and they're the, the peacemaker. They are, they accommodate other people. They, um, they're, they're very loving, but not at all grounded in themselves. They merge with other people and, and their biggest, uh, uh, lesson is to, um, is to take care as, is to, is to not, not take care of themselves, but to, to be in their own needs, to be in their own, to, to, to not disengage from themselves. And the one is the anger uh, inward and they're the perfectionists. They want everything to be done right. They live from a place of frustration and resentment with life that, that they have an internal guide of what's right. If I, so I say to them, well, how do you know what's right? What's perfect? And they say, well, I just know. Well, the thing, thing is they just make it up that it's changeable from moment to moment, from day to day. And, uh, there could be a lot of issues in the kitchen, particularly for the ladies, that, the, that you've got to wash the dishes the right way. You've got to cut uh, the vegetables the right way. You've got to clean it the right way. And, and when my, my nine wife goes to one, I just ask her, how do you want me to do it? Because I'll, <laughs> never, I'll never figure it out. I can't, I can't put all of the criteria into the computer in order to figure out the best way at this particular time. You understand? You, you oh, know yeah. these personalities? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like going, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so when you understand, you know, I'll, I'll keep going, but when you understand that, that somebody is going from these personality traits, for example, the nine, that harmony is the, I had a, a client over the weekend and he was a nine and he said the harmony is important to him. He said he did a, some kind of a personality test and they said that that harmony is very important to you. And I said, yeah, no doubt being a nine, that is your core issue that you will you, that you'll leave your own needs and your own body in order to in order to to make things, quote unquote, harmonious. Hmm. Meaning that that you're not feeling the displeasure that the inharmoniousness ultimately there is nothing inharmonious it's only a mental uh construct 
So the, the two is the helper. This is outward image, outward emotional body. They take care of other people. They've got a hook on it that they don't feel worthy of love. And so they take care of other people so that other people will give them the love that they don't give themselves. The three is the producer that's uh, image neutral, that they are always, that they are achieving, that, that by, they're the cheerleaders and the class presidents in high school and that they, that they, um, that by accomplishing and producing that they, they get their self-worth. And the four is the inward image type. These are the most beautiful that don't think they're beautiful. They are the the dancers, they are the the models, they are the the uh, photographers and the writers. They, they use adjectives like nobody else in Facebook. And they they have um, um, Prince and, and Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston. They're incredibly talented, but they have this pain inside of the, the because they can feel everything. They and and they have the ability to be able to see happiness, to see the beauty in happiness and sadness. And that's what they teach us. They teach us to to be uh, to feel the umbilical, umbilical cord with the divine. That they connect us to the divine by their ability to be able to communicate aesthetics. And they live, they walk across the room in incredible elegance, male or female, Dylan of four also. So five is the is the fear fear inward. It's the um, the observer. They are um, the uh, they understand how things work. They use information in order to feel secure. Sixes are the loyalists. They uh, neutral fear. They um, they have uh, issues with security. They want things to be uh, that they need. Um, they need support and guidance all the time. They have a lot of anxiety all the time about future events. And you, you, you know these people, that, the, that there's a continual anxiety and these future events never happen. Mm -hmm. And the seven is the enthusiast who's the outward fear. And they, they, you know, we think that we keep moving in order to go towards what's fun, but we find out that it's really that we're, we're afraid to be where we are, that we're mm -hmm. avoiding rather than moving toward, we're actually moving away. And and so the enthusiast is a lot of fun as long as but if you ask them what they feel, they look like a deer and caught in the headlights. And uh, so that's the whole circle there. So did any any one of those or two of those come up for yourselves? Uh, Sydney's a four and I did not, not catch mine at all. What do you think, Sid? I was wondering if I'm a four. Um, I, yes, think I that... was wondering about that, too. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely a four. Uh, I think that, can you say number nine again? Yeah, the peacemaker. Always accommodating other people. Mm, what not was, always. No, that's not true. There's so like, not always. That means because you're 50. But the thing is. Well, is that the, that's true. The, that's true. The nines know that's what true. accommodating means and nobody else really understands it. But the nines what, already. What's the one? Maybe it wasn't nine. It's the one that uh, takes in a lot of other people's stuff um, the helper maybe the help what's the helper the helper is the two it's the one that uh takes care of the, takes care of other people uh but not um pride and shame are the biggest concerns pride the inability or unwillingness to admit one's own suffering they merge with other people 
But don't they take care of everybody else's needs but their own? No, I take care of my own needs. Yeah, you do a lot more than others. <laughs> a lot more than others. I, maybe it's the one that's fearful. There was a the, fearful one in there. That, the enthusiast, the one that's scared to do stuff, but then does it. What's that one? Well, uh, that isn't the way I described it. But the seven is the enthusiast. They they move away. They think they're moving toward, but they're actually moving away. Hmm. I know and I they, used to do that a lot. They're the advent. They're the adventurers. They're a, they're always traveling and and yes. they like options. They need to have a lot of options. Yeah. Well, that was me, but then I sat started to sit still. Yeah. So, so you're like I seven. That. Yeah, you have seven in you, but then maybe now you're the moving more towards the peacemaker. Maybe right. you're a seven that's well. It doesn't. Towards... It doesn't change. It only you oh. only get healthier with it. And, oh. And Oh, and if you, see, and if you see, get triggered, then you then you go back to your you know. Okay, you then yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because I always be like, um, I gotta go. Yes, <laughs> I'm out of here. Plus, now you, you know? journey up here. You don't do. physically journey, but you'll yeah. journey up here now. Yeah. So that's yeah. true. What was that? What's that one? A journey up here now? No, no, no. Uh, the one that you were, we just said. The one that's the travel seven, the enthusiast. The yeah. seven. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me take this a little bit further now that we know. So the four in stress goes to two, where they compulsively start taking care of other people. Yeah, and relaxation. The four goes to one, where they become more analytical. And in this analytical, that's when they break up with the boyfriends because <laughs> because as a four in the emotional body, you don't have the logic to be able to 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 see the to to, to come to uh unemotional decisions but in the one with the analytics as a perfectionist it doesn't sound very relaxing but then you can be more truthful with yourself and that's when they say fours break up with people so so do you, re you relate to that yep yep that's how i bounce i go from <laughs> the perfectionist to the analytical to i'll just sacrifice myself yeah that's so true when i'm stressed yeah, so out i sacrifice when i'm feeling good that so Bye. that's you going to the helper, the two, to take care of other people. You don't do it as a two, you do it as a four. And yep. then in one, you become the the uh, the uh, analytical. Now, the sevens in stress, they go to one. They become the perfectionist. We're easygoing people, but then when we get stressed, then we get uh, self-righteous. We get blaming. We get uh, angry. Yeah. And... and uh, we project it onto other people. And then in relaxation, we go to five where we, where we, that's where we do our study. We don't have the ability at seven to be able to study, but at five, then we, we get into our books and we study them. So do you recognize that? <coughs> yep. <laughs> that's yeah, it. That's it. That's exactly yeah. Right. Yeah. That and sense. so my, my point is I'm, I wanted to share this with you for you, but I wanted you to see how this works. And so by understanding, so there's personas that you take on. So which one is you? Well, they're all you. At your core, I believe that we need to wake up from our own story. It's not going to do you any good to uh, Melissa, I mean, uh, Sydney as a, as a four. It's not going to do you any good to wake up at the two story because you still got to deal with the four. The four story being at the core is, is that I need to be unique. I need to be a unique self and and people need to value who i am and if i don't if they don't value who i am then then i they don't have any go words. kick right no i'm just kidding no so, but seriously that's so true that is weirdly true 
and so my my point in this is to is to give you the depth of the teaching so that when you start understanding these for different personas that you put on and that you have the triggering there we have uh, also the wings that are the numbers on either side so you would either take on the the the, the achieving three as a precursor to stress where you want to be seen for who you what you can accomplish as the three or the five where you start studying in order i think you're more the studier that you go to five that's they call that the the bohemian is the four with the five wing it's a bohemian you go in and you study and you understand and that's a are you watching my life right now (laughs) (laughs) well that's the that's the beauty of the enneagram is that it is so right on and so it has no bias it doesn't care what story you have but it but uncover are our every moment in order to be able for us to uh, in order for us to get an ob- uh, objective viewpoint on it in order to be able to see it to let it go so that's the whole point of all of this so that we can finally get to that okay this is what it's been this is what you do so you can just observe it and try to move through that to let it go in what ways do you help people let it go in what ways do i help people let it go well, I don't do anything. So uh, the the way that is, is for them to, uh, I have this thing called the four doorways. So the, I say that at the end of the reading, people say to me, well, this is great information. Now, what do I do with it? And so I say, well, there's the four doorways to conscious living. The fourth doorway is to learn to observe. And so the idea is for you to get out of your own movie and to get into the audience, to be able to watch your movie, that, that the, let the body go through all of its uh, gyrations but let it go that, um, but observe them. I'm sorry, that you observe, you get into the audience to observe what you're, uh, the, the different personas you're putting on and the different actions you're taking and why, and, and notice that you're triggered and what's triggering you and when did it start? And you, you get into this analytical, psychological, you know, psychiatrist role in the audience to watch your own uh, movie. That's the first doorway. The second doorway is to then let go and release what doesn't serve you. And I like to share this quote So letting go involves being aware of a feeling, letting it come up, staying with it and letting it run its course without wanting to make it different or do anything about it. It means simply to let the feeling be there and to focus on on letting out the energy behind it when letting go, ignore all thoughts. And this is from Letting Go, a book by David Hawkins, who's one of my favorites right now. So um, the third door is to love yourself. And the fourth is to live in the moment. So if you're living in the moment, then you will love yourself. And so how do I love myself? Well, you let go and release what doesn't serve you. And, 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 and it could be that as a four, um, uh, the shame could, could serve you right now, still in your 20s, but not in your 30s. The shame is serving you right now. But, it, but at some point, that shame won't serve you and you'll let it go. And then, and then, how do we know what to let go? And uh, well, how do we know what to let go and release? Well, we just observe, and our own observation will tell us what's going on in order to know what it is that we need to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing, and that kind of comes full circle to where I laid with my pain and observed it and let it move through me in order to let it go. Yeah. That's so true. So another another level would be that it isn't your pain, that it's just pain. 
and it yeah. may not be yes. your illness. Well, yeah, I try not, not to do that. <laughs> yes, try not to put it on myself as mine, anything. Yes, I always. And it might not Sometimes be my past life. Here, yes, Sydney, it might not be gotta, my you, past life. <laughs> you you got to go with us here, seven to seven here. We're going to get galactic here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You seven, so I don't know what to do with you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you if you believed in uh, past lives. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't believe or disbelieve, but you know, it's probably true, but, but I, I don't really deal with it so much because, uh, because I don't, I think I got to deal with it now. I mean, it may be true that I was knifed eight lifetimes ago and, and, it, and, and even though Melissa said at the beginning, that's important, I'm not sure why it's important, but you know, it may be important, but the thing is, is okay. Now, what am I going to do about that right now? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're on a date, you know, I don't like dating, you know, okay, but I'm on a date right now. And all my past <laughs> experiences and boys have done this and girls have done that. And this has happened and the corset and, 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 and women have been oppressed for, you know, millenniums. Great. Now, what am I going to do right now on this date? What's going to happen right now? And the rest of it, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's as you're as you're as you're growing up, you know, those things are more important. But from my point of view, that it isn't so important anymore. So I don't really get into the past lives. I'm not so concerned about that. I know that 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 people are. And, and so we can make up a story. I, I tell clients that, uh, you know, we can make up the story that we're sitting around a card table with God and we're and he says, you know, it's, you know, you got another life coming up, you know, and, and he's, and he or she says to, says to us, you know, what do you want to do this time? And you, and we say, well, we don't, I don't know. And, and, and God says, oh, well, last time, you know, two times ago, you, you know, you weren't very nice to people, you know? Yeah, I, I know I wasn't. And he says, well, maybe this time we're going to make it so that everybody thinks that you're not very nice. And so, I mean, we can set up a construct that way. And, and I think, you know, maybe it helps, uh, you know, for a moment or two. But the thing is, is that you're stuck. It doesn't matter really how you got there. It doesn't matter to me how I got there. It matters that, that this is the re reality and I need to deal with it right now. And so, and so, yeah, I think that uh, reincarnation makes a lot of sense. And I think that it's true, but I think that there's a, it's too easy to blame, you know, I don't want to blame, I don't want to, I don't need to know why, that's another part of 70s, you know, at 50, you may still want to know why, but at 70, you don't really care, it doesn't matter why, it's not really the concern. And I, I can feel myself going into that, now that you say that, I can really feel myself moving into that part of it, to where I really don't, I want to drop all of these things. There's so many, so much of the uh, uh, and the uh, and the whys and the whatevers. And then I really feel like I want to streamline. I want to drop it. I want to come to more of a easier way, like you said, of looking at it and going. And it's not even an easier way. It's just the real way. The what is the only right now and not put so much time and effort into all of the other things you know, that are going on. And that's just where my, my mind keeps going towards. It's like it's, it sees a little inkling of it. It wants to grab it, but it can't really do it yet. <laughs> so I'm still back over here. You know, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm an in-between phase kind of 
thing right now. I really do. I think you are. Yeah, we're always, I mean, you know, it's easy to, we're always in between, you know, we're, we're, we're in between, you know, birth and death. We're in between, you know, moment to moment living in, in super consciousness. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what freaks me out the most is the in-between. I can notice the in-between, but that's what it, it is. It's just, you're constantly just, no one can see my hand that's listening, but it's just slowly <laughs> moving. It's like, you're just slowly moving. And you're always just slowly moving. So we just get into just the movement of it. We just get into mm. the, 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 we get tired of greener pastures. It's really easy for sevens to get into greener pastures that is better somewhere else. But then we get in, we get into the, rather than the greener pasture, we just get into the moment we want to keep leaving, you know, the, 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 the cycle of that you're single and that you want to be with somebody and the excitement of a new relationship. And then you're in the new relationship and then you, then you want it to settle down and be, you know, let's live together and, you know, get up together and, you know, have the same checkbook and, and then, and then get out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) And then you want it to be, uh, and then you want it to be, um, uh changeable you know you want to have somebody something new and then you don't want to be single anymore and so we're continually i realized this i don't know 20 30 40 years ago that it it's that it was easy to keep going to the next and that it was it was you know quote unquote better it was happier it was more peaceful to to just be in the cycle i'm in because of impermanence everything changes and I don't need to do anything that they, that I won't be single, that, that it won't be new, that it won't be mundane and boring and that it won't be changeable, you know, that, that, that it, that it won't be changeable all the time, that it will calm down at some point. (laughs) That's where I think. And so we just stay in the moment with it. I'm honestly starting to, I mean, I still have, maybe knock on computer because I don't have wood but um as I get older and stuff I'm starting to even notice that I'm letting go and being more in the moment now probably a lot with my spiritual practice and the beliefs and things that I've um stepped into I know that I'm I still have things to do that my ego wants me to do not in an ego way like I want all this stuff but like in a I I do want to like do the podcast and like do things that bring me joy and light me up but I'm also starting when a problem comes that my mind creates as a problem, just looking at it and being like, what's the problem? You know, like, what is really the problem here? Or like you said, there's already the solution. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm starting to just see that. And as I walk around and I see people, like, I'll use this as an example. So I went on a girl's trip and we were coming back from the girl's trip, me and a friend, and she was like getting really frustrated about like driving and different things. And I was like, listen, we haven't had coffee yet. We just stayed up all night. We have, cause she was making these problems. You didn't know, you don't know where you're driving. So I had to like name all these things. And then she was like, oh yeah. Okay. And then the rest of the drive was smooth after we just observed the problems rather than becoming more of the problem. And then like just getting caught up in each other's like frustration and like my attitude mixing with her attitude because we both were tired. You know what I'm trying to say? Like by just naming it and observing it 
it took five minutes for us to get back to our conversation and moving forward and just driving. And then we just laughed and listened to music the whole, the rest of the time. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's by yes, looking- I call that being, being in the moment. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm trying you, to describe it. Yeah. It's your friend is your friend, the six, the, uh, the, the loyalist who has a lot of uh, anxiety about future events. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So you brought her back to the moment and in that moment, and there's nothing wrong in the moment. I mean, no yes. matter what, even if you have cancer in the moment, you might have a little bit of pain. You might have a lot of pain, but it isn't that you haven't died yet. You're still in your body. And 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 no matter what, in the moment, there's nothing that really is. Um, there's no fault in the moment. There's no there's nothing missing. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing to be worried about in the in the moment. When And so we go back to the moment in order to find peace. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing every time. Like even my own brain's like this, this, this. And I'm like, what's happening right now? I didn't eat something. I drank a cup of coffee. And because I didn't eat anything, I'm feeling anxiety from that. And, and then someone beeped at me that I didn't want to beep at me. Cool. Nothing's really wrong. Like I've been just doing that over and over. So, so go for, ahead. for the word we use for the four is equanimity being in the calm seas of the emotions that you need to develop equanimity that no matter that you be that you're 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 in the ocean of emotions but that you just float in those emotions rather and let them and let and be with them rather than be uh be uh churned up by them yeah yeah that's cool that's helpful that is very helpful it's very helpful to look at that stuff all right. Well, now it's time for the deep dive five. <laughs> yes. I'm going to ask you five questions <laughs> and you just answer okay. however you answer. Ready? How do you define spirituality? How do I define spirituality? Um, well, I define it as everything. I don't believe that there that you can go off the path. I don't know what the alternative is. I mean, I think that there's knowing you're on the path and there's not knowing on your path, but I don't think there is not being on the path. So spirituality has to do with spirit. It's of the spirit, but that's kind of ever since we are spirit, it's kind of everything. So spirituality to me is everything. 50 years, 50 plus years. Um, I see it in everything. Nice. Love that. What has been the best wisdom you've received and you live by? The best wisdom, hmm. I had a guru's guru tell me, uh, his famous phrase was learn to behave. That's a pretty good wisdom. Uh, be, uh, what is it? Uh, be happy, Mayor Baba, be happy. Uh, best wisdom, be in the moment. Love yourself, love yourself. Yeah. What is your be, self just be. Be. <laughs> yeah. 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 What is your favorite self-care and healing activity or practice? Uh, I think uh, walking in nature. You know, the thing is, is that the reason that nature, we can feel so good in nature is because we are nature. Mm -hmm. So I think that everybody is grounded in nature. Not everybody... Uh, 
there are people who when they leave the nature and they get back to the car they they're they've left nature but everybody is made deeper and more in the moment by being in in beautiful nature because it's because it's our nature it is who we are love that what makes you laugh or brings you joy what makes me laugh and joy uh yeah i don't know what laugh uh joy uh What brings me joy? I think what brings me joy is, um, I think just in the moment, I just feel the joy. It just comes up just being in the moment. I think that, 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 that not being in the moment uh, doesn't bring us joy. And as soon as we come back to the moment, then there's joy and it's not, we don't know um, where it comes from or why. And again, I don't think that we need to know why. Again, at my age, I don't care. <laughs> but uh, I think that being in the moment is what brings me the joy. And what brings do you believe? Joy. What do you believe happens when we die? Wow, these are the deep questions. <laughs> well, what happens when we die? I suppose we become who we really are. You know, we come to spirit. We drop the body. Uh, it's hard not to believe some of these stories of the white light in the tunnel and all the joy in meeting the family. You know, again, I'm not so um, believing because everybody believes, but there's enough of these stories that we have to assume that that's kind of what's happened. I kind of got to, uh, I had a teacher who said that we've died a million times. Why worry about it? And I kind of like that. I, I took that on as kind of a, as a as a um as some truth and as so and i and i feel that there's uh, and we've read people who 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 were troubled and in pain but in that moment right before they pass there is a, a joy that comes on and so uh, so i'm already living in that joy and 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 dropping any attachment to being in the body you know it's it's good for a while but it's uh, it's not the only way to go. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you so much for that. Now, we can send our listeners to IndraRinsler.com. And they can find um, ways to uh, get in touch with you and also get some uh, readings done and that type of thing. Is that the best way? Uh, yeah, go to the website, uh, my email, indrarinsler at gmail.com. If you write me uh, and give me your birth information, I'll send you your astrology chart. It's not a reading. i probably make a comment or two. It's not a reading, but it is your chart if you're interested. And then if you want the Enneagram test, you can write me. You can find my email on the website, or you can do it through my uh, indrarinsler, all one word, at gmail.com, email address. And they would send their birth info, and what do they need to include in that? Uh, time, date, and place. Date, time, place of birth. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom. Um, before you came on, we I tap into people's energy. I don't know. That's maybe part of my story or whatever. But when I tapped into your energy, I just saw this 
you literally how you look now, which is incredible to me, just sitting on top of this mountain. And I see myself come up to you and I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, we just sit, you just sit, (laughs) we just sit here. And I'm like, and that's how your energy is. So it was like very calming, you know, like very calming when I would tap into your energy. Cause I always get energetically nervous. I'm like, how am I going to vibe with them? So I tap into the energy first just so I'm prepared. And you just immediately, as I tapped into yours, was just calm. And I'm like, we're, I even told you the other day, I'm like, and you had the same feeling. I did. And we were like, it's going to be calm. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for sharing your wisdom. Um, There's a lot of wisdom. I feel like you're like, you have like a Noah Moses vibe. I don't know if you want to be connected to that or not, but you just do. You just have this wisdom. He doesn't care. Yeah. You just have this wisdom that just exudes. We're all one. It doesn't matter. That's right. I'm sure I've been them too at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for your wisdom that you're sharing and just being in the moment and holding that space. Yeah. Thank you so much, Indra. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for doing your work and being who you are uh, um, and sharing it with the world and and, and being vulnerable. And, and, and uh, the, the whole realm of podcasters is really interesting to me that they hear the call to uh, to do a podcast and to interview people, find people and interview people and uh, that they feel that that's a way that they want to be creative and expressive. And I just, I just love it. I, I, I love having the opportunity to be on here. So thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and thank you so much. I always love these. So like interviews and everything. It's hard for me to say bye. Cause I could just say thank you over and over. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank well, you. that's what a uh, namaste is. That's over the thank you. I bow that's to right. you. Namaste. My soul bows to your soul. Yes. Namaste. 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 Thanks for joining us for this conversation. If you're looking to connect with Indra and get a free astrology and Enneagram chart, go to theindrarinsler.com or email him at indrarinsler at gmail.com with your birth info. Links are in the show notes. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.